Hey everyone, welcome to the Business Minded Sports Physio Podcast. My name is Brian Schwabe, board certified sports physical therapist, entrepreneur, and co-founder of The Student Physical Therapist. I worked with elite athletes for over a decade and currently serve as the director of IO Sports Therapy, working side-by-side with high-performance coaches, MNFL and NBA skills trainers, and sports agents on a daily basis. I'm also an author, sports medicine consultant, course creator, speaker, and counselor sports therapist, traveling with professional athletes and celebrities. I created this podcast to share my experience as a sports physical therapist and entrepreneur so that I could give you everything you need to know to cash in on your passions, monetize your expertise, and create your own career Super Bowl. With that in mind, welcome to the podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Business Minded Sports Physio Podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about what it's really like to work as a private sector sports physical therapist. So one of the reasons why I created this podcast outside of actually giving actionable tips on how to earn more income as a sports physical therapist is because when I was a younger clinician and student, I was constantly seeking out resources to learn about what it was like to be a sports PT and whether it was a professional team setting or the occasional private sector setting, which has since grown since that time. So outside of the number one question I get, which is how do I make more income as a sports physical therapist, which I've talked about on other episodes, we'll continue to talk about and also bring in guests for. Um, And I've also created courses on this, but the other question I get is, what is it like to be a sports PT? And what is your day-to-day like? You know, how do I prepare? All these questions. So, you know, with that in mind, let's dive right into the three main segments for this podcast today. And and the first one's going to be what is it really like? So I'm going to give you my schedule for a typical day. And I'm going to break that down. And I'm going to talk a little bit about, you know, each part of that schedule of, of what I experience on a day-to-day basis as a private sector sports PT, because I'm in a very unique environment. And for those of you that don't know what that environment is, um, it's a private practice that is housed inside a facility that works directly with uh, a whole high-performance staff, a sports agency, NFL and NBA skills trainers and um, professional athletes pretty much on a weekly to to monthly basis. So uh, we are out of network practice as well, which is unique. And we do do travel assignments, but I'm going to give you just a basic schedule, right? So that's going to be segment one. And then after that, I'm going to kind of break it down into, you know, how you can prepare for a setting like this, which I also think is very similar to a professional sports team setting. And, and I'm going to give you some of the reasons why I think it's similar. And then also give you some, some hopefully some tips on ways that I've prepared in the past for a particular setting like this and why I think it's going to help you grow as a sports PT. And then lastly, the last part of this podcast is going to be a challenge to you. And what I mean by that is I'm going to ask you a question that I think is going to help you learn how to be a better sports physical therapist, but also a question that I think once you hear the rest of this podcast, you're going to ponder and say, how would I answer that? And that'll be a one way that you can start to improve as a sports BT and get ready for a setting like this. So with that in mind, let's just dive right into this episode. So uh, I'm going to give you an example of my schedule, right? So my schedule for tomorrow, I'm going to give you that. So tomorrow I'm going to um, start at eight o'clock in the morning and uh, first patient I'm going to see is going to be an NBA player. Find that I'm going to see a college women's basketball player. Following that, I'm going to see an NFL football player. After that, I'm going to see a group for a small group for uh, an NBA combine recovery. And then I'm going to have lunch. And then I'm going to see another 
MBA combine group recovery. And that's going to be another small group. After that, I'm going to go through some meetings. Then I'm going to have a high school soccer player. And then finally, I'm going to finish up with a high school volleyball player. So every one of them is, is an athlete and I'd say is a, a strong athlete. So it's 100% sports. There's not one client that is not a sports client tomorrow. And that's most of my, my schedule on a daily basis. I'd say 95% is sports. Um, I'd say occasionally I will see a, um, you know, maybe a, a, an older gentleman between 35 and 50 or 55, right? So again, that's a broad range, but I don't see too many of that. Um, out of the seven clients for tomorrow, or the seven you know slots that I fill, three of them are post-ops at different various points. So there are some surgical cases as well, and then the rest are non-surgical. Um, two are combine groups, and those are recovery groups in nature, which means that they're for the most part healthy athletes that are you know training hard, need that uh, recovery, that mobility work, soft tissue work, uh, motor control work, maybe some individualized, um, some individualized you know uh, rehab type things to just kind of keep them preventative and uh, preventative in nature. And then um, lastly, you know, they're all out of network meaning that, you know, my practice is not a insurance-based model, right? The one that I work in is, is out of network, meaning that I have to see less clients overall. Um, I can provide more value and more time with each one of them and, and I can charge for it. So again, a kind of a unique setting, um, but now let's talk a little bit about what those meetings are like, because that's part of my schedule as well, right? The meetings could be with my own staff, uh, in my PT group, it could be with, you know, agents, players, performance staff, coaches, doctors, um, you know, or, 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 you know, anybody that's coming through the door, right? So there's so many types of meetings that I can have on a daily basis, right? And this is common for me, right? There's, there's multiple meetings and they happen often, right? They'll happen during lunch. They'll be set up. They won't, they'll be last minute ones, but let's talk a little bit about each one of those stakeholders that I just mentioned, because I think that's gonna be really important to understand what I actually do as a private sector sports PT and why I think it's a little bit similar to a team environment as well. So what could those meetings be about with agents? Well, you know, for that particular stakeholder and a sports agent, it could be an update on, you know, where that current player is in their rehabilitation process. So let's take that NFL player, for example. Let's say that, they're going to be hitting free agency in five weeks, right? I could be giving updates on where they're at in the rehab process, what they've been doing in rehab, uh, the communication I've had with that particular player, um, maybe their skills trainer if they're working with one, their performance staff, what I think they need to improve upon, where I think they could be in five weeks, two weeks, three weeks, uh, with the challenges, etc. cetera. Um, so that could be a daily conversation, a weekly, monthly, all the above. Um, I could also talk about maybe the combine updates, right? Some of the players that are more healthy-ish, um, kind of things I'm seeing with them, um, you know, giving some insights to those particular agents as they're going through that process, which if you guys remember from the previous episode, which is the NFL combine episode, um, things change on the fly constantly, right? And that's why those things are so important and those updates are so important. I could also be giving advice to those agents on particular players that are with teams and just they're trying to gather more information based on an injury maybe they sustained and they just want an outside opinion. Um, or maybe lastly, I'm connecting them with different resources, masseuses, 
performance trainers, um, other physiotherapists, right, in different states. Uh, it could be a lot of different things. So that's th those are the typical conversations I would have with a sports agent on a daily basis. Now, the players, uh, that's a little bit more straightforward, all right? That's going to be more about, you know, where they're at in the rehab process, maybe. Um, the game plan for that day, that week, um, the phase. Uh, it could be just a check-in, right? How you doing today? Um, other things that are going on in life. There's there's so many different conversations I could have with that particular player. Um, so that would be a typical conversation I'd have with that particular stakeholder. Now, performance staff-wise, um, I will have daily conversations, no matter what, with the performance staff, because we work very close and we integrate everything we do as a group. But uh, maybe it's where they're at in the rehab process, giving that objective measures, right, and, and, and communicating that effectively, uh, whether it's in person, email, all the above, um, the transitions from maybe getting out of rehab and just strictly going to the performance setting, especially if they didn't have exposure to that performance coach current blocks that they're in, you know, from a performance side and kind of what I can expect intensity volume wise and where we can work together to make adjustments, um, different responses. Maybe they noticed something in the weight room or the performance room um, that I couldn't see and that I need to be aware of for the rehab or adjusting certain things. Um, how I can be a better physical therapist, meaning that, you know, they, they might be able to see some things and have some experiences working with physios in the, in the past that, you know, I could grow from. And I think that's really important too, is to check your ego and, and really have those conversations about, hey, what, what are some things that I can do better? Can I communicate certain things better? How did you think I communicated this particular part of the rehab process or, 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 or made that transition to performance from rehab? Um, and then also, you know, just thought processes as a group, right? Like how do we, how do we handle a, a client that is returning back to running post ACL? Right. What am I testing? What are you testing? Where can we work together to make that return to play program really succinct, objective, um, as, as close to perfect as possible? And, and how do we get better with that? So that's where the performance staff meetings kind of come into play. Uh, now, coaches, that could be um, regular coaches for a particular team. Let's say it's a youth athlete or high school athlete. Maybe I'm having a conversation with their particular coach or maybe it's a skills trainer. Right. About. Um, you know, return to, to, to sport drills, um, practices, you know, return to game situations. Um, a lot of times I'll be giving recommended intensities and volumes, but I'll also be having a, a dialogue with that particular skills trainer about maybe some of the scripted things that they're doing, some of their insights into the responses. And every, again, every single stakeholder is different, right? So there's going to be different conversations, but those are just a couple topics I could be um, talking about with that particular stakeholder, like a skills trainer. And then finally, doctors, right? Um, sports medicine doctors, if it's a surgical case, like the three that I work with, you know, making sure that, you know, I'm either, you know, having regular conversations with the doctor on updates for their particular client, depending on how frequent they want updates, uh, what I feel like is important, especially if they're behind on something and they might be seeing them soon. Um, questions on the surgery itself after reading their op report. Um, you know, giving their advice or their, you know, feedback on when they would return someone to a particular, um, you know, drill, sport, task, such as running, jumping, sprinting, cutting, things like that. Uh, maybe an, an example of, uh, you know, if we gave this particular client a, an injection with, you know, knowing that he's got to go do this workout in X amount of days, what would the response be? What can we expect? You know, those are opinions, right? But those are, those are healthy dialogues that you can have with that stakeholder of a doctor.
So that's what my schedule looks like on a daily basis, right? That's the schedule. Those are the stakeholders I would be having conversations with. Those are the type of clients, the model, the schedule itself, um, you know, the type of, uh, you know, particular injuries I might be working with, surgical versus non. Now let's talk a little bit about how do you prepare for a setting like this, right? Because as you, as you can tell, it's, it is similar to a team setting based on the stakeholders, right? Obviously different um, because I'm not answering to maybe a GM. Um, I'm not, you know, put in an environment that has um, just the same type of players all the time. And, and there's different pressures and in-season versus off-season. There's so many different different things as well. But you can see there is some similarities that could help prepare someone, let's say, that they wanted to go into professional sports from a setting like mine, or maybe they want to get into a setting like mine. So how do you as a sports PT prepare for something like that, right? Well, one way that I did it before I got into this setting full-time was I would work with each one of those stakeholders independently, right? And let's say that, for example, I, I got one professional athlete that um, had a, a sports agent that wanted an update. Well, I would take that time to speak with that sports agent, learn about you know their communication style, what they're looking for, what drives them as a stakeholder um, in the process. And, and by the way, when I keep saying stakeholder, what I mean by that is they are a stakeholder in that athlete rehabilitation process, right? No matter what, they're a stakeholder, right? And they all have different things that drive them, motivate them, uh, require different communication styles. And that's what I'm getting at with this, how, how you can prepare. If you have uh, access to talking with a sports agent, talk to them about what kind of updates they want. You know, What are they looking for? And every one of them is gonna be different, but the more conversations you can have, the more equipped you're gonna be, the more you're gonna improve that skill set of speaking with agents, understanding what they're looking for, when they need information, and, and again, I, I go back to always over-communicate if you can. Some, some are not going to want that, but a lot of them will because it's going to help them help their clients. And that's oftentimes what drives a sports agent because that's their job, right? Make their job easier, right? Make any job easier for somebody. What about a, a player, right? How do you get better with that? Well, that's the easiest one because you're going to be exposed to a player, right? Whether it's a high school athlete, college athlete, youth athlete, or professional athlete. Every one of them is going to have different drives. Every one of them is have different personalities. The more you become exposed to that, the more you can learn communication styles, how to build trust, what works, what doesn't work. Everyone's going to be different, right? Some are going to be faster responders to the same injury versus slower responders. Some are going to have more fear versus not fear. Things that you guys already know. But getting exposure to that helps you communicate better and improve those skills. That doesn't just happen overnight. Performance staff, right? That's another one that I feel like is a little easier to get exposure to, whether it's a local strength coach that is working with maybe the high school athletes, um, a high school you know, strength coach that is in a you know, private um, high school. Those are equipped with, but not as well as maybe they are, depending on where they're at in their careers. And they can help with that process. You know, that's, that's one of the advantages I have in my particular setting is I can give such good objective information and have such a, a good healthy dialogue on a day-to-day -day basis because we don't have egos, us and the strength coaches as a, as a group. We're committed to the process. We're committed to improving for that athlete, right? Getting objective information, having dialogues, figuring out what works, figuring out what the best course of action is, and then, you know, helping them get to the next level. Coaches, right? Coaches are another one that um, can be a little bit more difficult to be exposed to. But if you have an opportunity to, I, I would encourage you to reach out. Um, maybe go meet them in person is usually the easiest route because let's say that you have a particular client that's returning back from ACL injury 
and they're returning back to, let's say, a high school setting or a, a club team, um, and they have a private coach or something like that, that would be another one that you could speak to and, and, and try to learn what they are doing, um, learn the lingo of the sport a little bit more and, and understand some of the scripted drills that they're doing. Uh, outside of if you played that sport, oftentimes that's the best way to learn because that is outside of your expertise oftentimes, but it's part of that process, right? You need to be able to learn like what type of movements are going through the exposure as, on the actual sport that they're going to be doing so that you can actually help the, the coach and the coach can help you. All right. So learn that dialogue because those are different conversations that, that you're going to be um, often presented with in a setting like mine or a team setting, which is going to be even more high pressure, but also going to be just as important, if not more important at that level. So these are things you want to think about. Doctors, doctors are another stakeholder, right? And uh, those are another one I think are a little easier to get exposure to, but learn from different sports medicine docs. Every one of them is going to be different depending on what their experience has been with PTs. And um, oftentimes you can get in front of doctors more with giving them clients and then start to have conversations with them. But you can learn that communication style as well and figure out what works for them, what their opinions are, learning about, you know, examples you've had with your own patients that you're sharing with them. And, you know, that's how you can improve and get better, you know, in this particular setting or in a pro team setting or with all those stakeholders. So break it down, break each stakeholder down, learn about each one of them, learn their motivations, right? What are they going after? What makes them happy? Um, what helps them do their job better and where you guys can work and fit in together and understand that each one of them is going to have different personalities, needs, wants, etc. The more reps you get, the better you're going to be and the more prepared you'll be when you're exposed to that. So with that in mind, I want to bring up the challenge for this podcast, right? So you guys just heard about my schedule. You heard about the stakeholders that I work with, the type of athletes I work with, and you know, just an example of what that looks like in a private sector, right? In a unique environment. But the challenge I have for you is answering this question. How would you disperse the same information amongst multiple stakeholders and not miss anything, communicate effectively, and achieve whatever that goal of that conversation is? So let's, let, let's really think about that, for example. Let me give you a specific example to think about. Let's say you have a professional basketball player six months post-ACL surgery. Six weeks, he's got free agency. You have to talk with the sports agent, the player, the performance staff, his individualized skills trainer that he's flying out, the doctor, and let's throw a wrench in there, his team physical therapist that he was just working with because let's say he's a worker's comp case. How would you disperse that information? How would you communicate to each one of those stakeholders on where you think he's at in the process, what he needs, where he, you might expect him to be in five weeks, how to, how to put that together as a plan for everybody involved, things you expect, things you don't expect, milestones, everything. How do you disperse that information? How do you communicate with each one of those stakeholders? And the reason why I challenge you to ask, answer that question is because this is something I do every single day as a sports physical therapist in the private sector. And it's something you would probably do in a team setting, but in with different stakeholders, right? Maybe you're not working with a, a doctor as much or an agent, right? Maybe you're working with a, a team GM instead. 
all right? It, it doesn't matter. The, the ideas and the principles remain the same. Answer that question. Think about that so that you can start to get in that mindset, right, as you're working as a sports PT and start to put some of these stakeholders together, right, as you're doing that, right? Learn along the way. That's how you get better at that stuff. And that's how you can prepare yourself for those settings, right? So I think this is a really important segment for, you know, aspiring sports physical therapists and, you know, even current sports physical therapists looking to make that next jump, looking to work in a setting like mine, looking to work in that professional team setting. So that's the episode for today's uh, Business Minded Sports Physio Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys, you know, got some good information out of it. If you're looking for additional information, I encourage you to check out our student physical therapist website. We have Day in the Life as a sports physical therapist. We have additional business-minded sports physio podcast episodes. If you like these episodes, subscribe. You know, pass them on to your friends. I, I you know, give me some feedback. I really encourage you to do that. I'm going to be having some guests coming on very shortly in some of these episodes coming up. You know, talking about their experiences in sports PT, talking about how to make more income as a sports physical therapist. I'm going to break down each one of the ways that I earned income and continue to earn income as a sports physical therapist, right? Different side hustles, right? As a PT entrepreneur, you know, writing a book, being a podcast or being a video host for companies, right? On Facebook, Instagram, you know, writing a book, being a PT consultant, creating courses, right? All right. That's, that's, these are all different ways that you can earn income, but also doing it in the area that you love, which is sports PT.